What will your future look like? The job you do today could be different than the jobs of tomorrow. Some see this as a challenge. At UCF, we see opportunity. A chance for you to grow your knowledge and strengthen your skills from anywhere life might take you. With in-demand degree programs and resources for your success, UCF Online can help you prepare for the future and all the possibilities that come with it. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I'm Kelvin Thompson. And I'm Tom Cavanaugh. And you're listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Hey, Tom. Hey, Kelvin. I think you've got a slight, uh, uh, maybe edge of a cold, but it's giving you that good radio voice. <laughs> this is CNN. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> now, now we're going to get sued. <laughs> Somebody. Somebody. Either yeah. Darth Vader or the, the network. <laughs> One or the other is suing us. I, hope, I have a good I friend who's a senior executive at CNN, so hopefully he wouldn't sue us. Well, he wouldn't sue you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That Thompson guy, sue him. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I, was just, I showed up, but the guy starts talking. I, didn't, I, neither, I could neither confirm nor deny anything. That's right. All right. So um, while while we were you know introing here, mm-hmm. um, you have done our obligatory coffee pour. Yes. And thank you for that yes. because you just poured it for me. Yes. And um, I guess I will do the obligatory. Kelvin, what's in the thermos? Well, Tom, today's coffee comes to us from TopCast listener Jason Johnston, director of teaching and learning in the College of Social Work at the University of Kentucky. Jason shares with us his, quote, favorite local coffee blend, unquote, from Drinklings Coffee and Mugs. I love that. I love that coffee company name. Coffee and Mugs. Coffee and Mugs. Really, they sell a lot of mugs. You can see it on the website. They, they have so many mugs, they have classifications of mugs. Oh, my gosh. Which is kind of cool. And they've got the coolest URL ever. Uh, it's drinklings.coffee. Ha. Huh. I think I'm going to get a dot .coffee domain. That's pretty good. Domain. Yeah. I think I'm going to get uh, – that's pretty awesome. Uh and they're in Wilmore, Kentucky, and we are drinking from Drinklings Coffee and Mugs, the Oxford Blend, Jason's favorite. So you and our listeners might recognize the homage in the name of the roaster and the blend to the famous group of writers, the Inklings. It's the first thing I thought of. Who met at Oxford in the early 20th century to encourage one another in their writing. And the group included Dorothy Sayers, at least peripherally. They were pretty much a bunch of old white dudes, right? Uh, but they had some women that were in their circle, peripherally at least. And C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien are probably yep. the most uh, yep. famous luminaries among them. And uh, it's my understanding at the Drinklands Cafe that the espresso machine is named the Lord Elrond. (laughs) Okay. In terms of the coffee itself, Randy the Roaster tells us, or at least tells Jason, that the beans are a blend of Colombian and Sumatra. And he says, quote, the Sumatra is darker and earthier, while the Colombian is roasted to a light profile to give it some sweetness and floral notes. So how's the coffee? And do you get the connection to today's episode? It is really good. Um, it's a bit strong. Maybe that's the way you brewed it, but it's, Maybe so. it's good. Um, so the connection. Mm-hmm. I, this is going to be one you don't like. There, it's, it's more, it's more oblique. It's impressionistic. I'm struggling a bit with the connection, <laughs> so you, you may have to take me by the hand and lead me yeah, well, through the path of the connection. Yeah, I was thinking like uh, 
the Inklings, Oxford, Lewis, Tolkien. I mean, they're known for these memorable characters and these roles and the, uh, the story, just rich story, all of those writers. And, uh, and they met together as mm-hmm. writers to network, to grow, to get better writers. They have these great names, Tolkien especially. Invents what, languages and oh, yeah. all these names? He like, was a linguist. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I've read some of the backside of the Cimmerillion. There's all, you, you go to sleep at night reading, <laughs> you know, in the original Elvish. But you know, a lot of, Tolkien especially has a lot of memorable names. Like, you know, Kelvin sounds like it could be in <laughs> Tolkien, I've often thought. Well, you know. Tom Bombadil is. See, there you go. Yeah. See, we, we got reason to like <laughs> Tolkien here on TopCast. So I kind of thought that some of that set the, set the stage for, a, for an interview that we've had in the can for a while. And, you know, just uh, that particular interview talked a lot about roles in online learning mm, leaderships okay. and, and the importance of networking and sharing information. Uh, with each other to be kind of better together. So I kind of thought, yeah, maybe maybe the Oxford blend from Drinklings would be good for this episode. Okay, I think I get it now. It was a long way around. But, Impressionistic. But I'm there. Okay. <laughs> not, so, on the, not on the nose. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's okay. Um, and in fact, this this particular episode is maybe you know, the, the alpha case, example one <laughs> no. of why we are doing two episodes a month now. Uh-huh. Because we had mentioned that we um, have some interviews that we had recorded a while ago and just hadn't gotten to yet. And yep. There are a couple, this being one of them, and... Um, They're the worst of the bunch in terms yeah, of how long they've how been. how long, the moss growing on them. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's no fault of the interviewee. No, no, It was just all. us and the way we scheduled. Timing and all that. Yeah. Um, and so this, this is an interview that we did with Dr. Kelvin Bentley. Mm-hmm. And um, in it, he talks about roles mm-hmm. in the online learning world. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks a lot about the network, um, and and we'll we'll reflect on this maybe after the interview, yeah. um, uh, and how important your personal network is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and as you said, uh, memorable names in the in that's the, right in Tolkien and Lewis's books. That's um, right. And yeah, his name is Kelvin. That's right. What a wonderful name. <laughs> I don't see Kelvin too much, we, uh, except for the meetings of the Kelvin Society when we, <laughs> when we get together now and again. Uh, I think you and Kelvin Bentley have spent more time together than he and I have, but we, we have more of a social media email relationship, I think. Well, and you're both, you know, big Doctor Who fans. That's true. We've compared uh, like Doctor Who collections before. Yeah. And, and and so forth. But uh, he's done more, like, I think, looking at pictures that he shared on Twitter with his kids, uh, more like Doctor Who, like, events and stuff. I haven't done any of that, mm. but I, I collect Doctor Who stuff. And I, like, w- watch Doctor Who and read Doctor Who. That's true. You want to do a formal... Uh, yeah. The... Uh, what we call the introduction of uh, Dr. Bentley. Sure, and um, and and we really appreciated him taking taking the time to talk to us. So, uh, Dr. Kelvin Bentley is a vice president of learning strategy at Six Red Marbles. It's an educational content and services provider and sort of consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time we recorded this interview, he was the um, AVP of Digital Learning and Innovation at the University of West Florida. Okay. There's one brief reference mm-hmm. to West Florida mm-hmm. in, in the interview, and, and that, may be, that may be why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that'll tell you how long it's been on the <laughs> shelf that he's actually <laughs> moved right. positions since that's we right. recorded this. So, But much of what you guys talk about is, 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 is timeless. It is, and, it's, and we wouldn't be, you know, 
airing it now if it wasn't, if it didn't, <laughs> if it wasn't still relevant. And, and Kelvin's got a lot of good things to say, and um, I think he's always an interesting person to talk to. So um, I did interview him back during the um, OLC Accelerate 2018 conference. Was that uh, 2018, not 1918? 2018. 2018. Yeah, yeah. so we've lapped it. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, and um, we speak broadly about the, the growth of leadership positions mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. online ed um, and that being sort of a predictor mm-hmm, of more mm-hmm, strategic mm-hmm. emphasis within, within higher education. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about it before we cut to it and listen to it? Um, uh, other than, he, I think he's a pretty good follow on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned his social media presence a little bit in the interview, mm-hmm. and I would encourage everybody to to follow him um, because he he posts articles that are interesting. Yeah. He has interesting opinions. Um, I, I may not agree with everything that mm-hmm. he says, but yeah, I yeah. think he's always thoughtful about it. And um, and then, as we said, he, he posts a lot of jobs. Yeah. Um, I think that's a service to the community that, that he provides. So, you we'll, know. We'll put all his profiles on the uh, show notes in page. In the show notes. Yeah, yeah. definitely mm-hmm. look them up. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess, through the magic of podcast time travel, mm-hmm. here's our interview with Kelvin Bentley. Well, Kelvin, thank you for being on TopCast. Well, thank you. All right. So, there's a lot of things that we could talk about. <laughs> yes. But what I thought we could talk about is um, my stalking you on social media. <laughs> um, and, and one of the things that I've really appreciated about you, you're very active on social media, um, is uh, kind of a service you provide to the community. Um, you, you seem to have your finger on the pulse of um, a lot of activity when it comes to various opportunities and, mm-hmm. and jobs uh, across the sector, at universities, at colleges, at community colleges. Um, sometimes even in um, in the kind of corporate vendor space, mm. and you share those, and you say, "Hey, look, great opportunity for somebody." Right. Um, and I was I was just sort of curious if if you've noticed any trends, um, mm. any sort of um, new kinds of uh, roles or positions, uh, just based on your kind of um, scan of the environment. Yeah, no, it, it's been interesting. I mean, I, I would say. Um, you know, I think instructional designers continue, uh, you know, that position continues to be something that I think many schools are posting for now more than ever. Um, Based on our challenges in hiring <laughs> instructional designers, there's a lot of competition. There, yeah, yeah, there's there's just lots of positions. And, and, and I would say that there's, um, there's definitely more, you know, like director level positions to uh, for distance or online learning initiatives. Um, I'm also seeing that there's also uh, there's some schools that are kind of elevating that director's role, right? So you're seeing like assistant VPs, uh, you know, vice presidents, vice provosts, um, online learning, digital learning, um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting, you know. And sometimes, you know, uh, one of the things that I like to do, uh, and I'm not you know actively looking for a new position or anything, but one of the things I've done over the years is also just, you know, uh, you know I'll go to like higheredjobs.com or edsearch.com, uh, these sites. And it's a great way to kind of, again, just see, yeah, what, what is out there. And then not just looking at the titles, but then actually looking at the job descriptions and getting a sense of, you know, how schools are strategically planning to, um, either you know enter the space uh, of online learning or maybe it's a reorg of how they've been doing it all along mm-hmm. and so that 
gives me a, a better sense, uh, uh, to some extent, of the of the of the ecosystem. You know, what what schools are doubling down on online, and what are some you know maybe there are some schools that are actually getting in the game for the first time because they're like, oh, you know, we have to catch up because we've been uh, we've never been in the game, so now we have to jump in. Um, and uh, so yeah, it, it, it's been interesting to track that. Yeah, and it it seems like in some ways it's a bit of a, a I don't know a bellwether or mm -hmm. weather vane yeah. of um, of what's happening in the in the broader higher education space as we yeah. see more online and digital learning kinds of positions being posted in the vast variety mm -hmm. of these kinds of positions. Yeah. Um, would you agree that um, that you think there's more strategic emphasis being placed on the kind of work that we do um, by institutions and, and senior leadership? Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think, um, unfortunately, I think there's still a gap within the higher, um, you know, within higher ed in terms of really fully understanding what it takes to fully support an online uh, learning um, initiative. And so I think some people simply think, well, we're just going to put some courses up. And so, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll have a nice lean um, you know, flat organization. You know, we'll have some instructional designers, a multimedia person. Um, you know, we have the learning management system. We'll just get some faculty together and throw some courses. And so, you know, so I think the plan may not be strategic enough. I think uh, a lot of times we don't have the wraparound services we need to support the students. And mm -hmm. so, um, so it'll be interesting just to see, you know, will there be more um, even like success coach positions, right? I mean, I think we're seeing it in pockets um, in, in, you know, within those institutions that are doing some cool things like around competency-based education and maybe adopting um, approaches to helping students um, in those programs. But my hope is that schools will really take the time to actually think about the entirety of, you know, thinking about the student and thinking about, okay, we need courses, uh, programs, certificates, but we also need the wraparound services, tutoring, proctoring, um, accessibility services, and, and making sure that all of that is in place. I think the, the big challenge for us, as we know, is that online learning, I think, continues to be a bolt-on mm -hmm. uh, versus you know, ingredients added in. And, and, that's, and, and it'll be interesting just to see how schools over time figure out how can it be less of a bolt-on, and, and how can we maybe reimagine online learning um, for you know for the next five or ten years? Uh, not just in terms of the people, but then you know the data that we collect to actually you know make uh, the best programs we can for our students. You know, the interest that, that's interesting um, that observation about uh, about it being a bolt-on because in some cases um, I think that's true. Um, but in other places, it's maybe not where um, maybe it's more integrated into the kind of core operations of the university. And I mm -hmm. wonder if there's a, a divide between those schools that are working with like an OPM partner versus yeah. those that have built all that capacity internally. And is the skill set different? I mean, I guess I'm probably asking you to speculate a little bit. <laughs> but is the skill set different for yeah. somebody who might be managing an operation that is mostly outsourced through an OPM versus mm -hmm. somebody who is managing an operation that they've built all that capacity internally? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I guess it depends on, again, what uh, what heavy lifting is the OPM actually assisting with, right? You know, so if it's marketing, um, you know, things that maybe someone who normally would not, um, you know, someone who's overseeing an online learning initiative, like 
you know, for me, I don't have deep experience in terms of, you know, marketing and, and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, kind of doing that part of it. It, it. For me, it's been much more operational in terms of, you know, uh, working with faculty, um, instructional design support, um, you know, finding um, uh, services for students like tutoring and proctoring. I've piloted those and ramped up those types of services. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think now because the OPM market is, um, you know, now you can get certain things uh, unbundled. You know, right. so now maybe you don't need um, everything that an OPM provides. Maybe you just need the marketing piece um, because now you have the internal capacity to do the instructional design pieces. Um, um, so I think it, it, it does depend, um, you know, in terms of what the services you're you're working with. Yeah, so. um, I, I know. Just speaking personally, I've um, <laughs> I've learned a lot about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that I didn't know previously. Um, so um, you know, I wonder as you kind of look towards the future of um, of, of the space and of the, the kinds of trends that we're observing. Um, you know, do you think that there are particular kinds of skills that, um, if somebody's aspiring to one of these positions, that yeah. they might want to work on to develop and to, and to go get professional training or, you know, talk to mentors about or something? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the, the foundational skills continues to be, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I had an opportunity to be um, a program coordinator of... Um, of uh, a fully online degree program in psychology, which is my discipline back oh, in 2000 uh, or 2001. So um, in that experience, I learned that really one of the key things you have to do is that you have to be very open to you know, collaborating with people across the university. And so you have to have very strong communication skills, uh, very strong um, uh, skills around, uh, you know, like project management, being able to follow up with folks, especially those who don't report to you, because you, you know, online learning is is big and bulky at yeah, times, yeah. and so you have to do your best to kind of you know manage uh, different um, facets of it that don't necessarily report to you, but um, are important to the ongoing success of online learning. Um, I would say a part, another thing is just you know finding out what is out there and doing the research, right? So talking to colleagues um, about um, uh, good practices, uh, getting a better sense of lessons learned. Uh, one thing that I still think would help our field is if we could have more transparency about how our online uh, learning uh, operations are actually set up and, and what we're learning over time. And that information is not very easy to, to get um, access to. Like I could talk with you or, or, or Kelvin Thompson or other folks you know, here in the state about what you're up to, but wouldn't it be great to actually have more direct access to certain uh, bits of information such that you can then more readily um, use that in your role locally to make changes and, and to grow out your program or, or you know, do some things differently. Um, but I think in terms of other skills, um, I, I mean, I, I think part of it is just uh, being um, uh, maybe perhaps more knowledgeable about data. Like I would really, you know, for me, graduate school was uh, late 90s or uh, early to, to late 90s. And so even um, kind of understanding how you could use uh, data you know, to make better statistical, um, you know, using statistics to make decisions that have an impact on your program. So I think that type of professional development is is uh, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are some things that I that I think about as as uh, as you evolve. But I think also is just being um, 
you know, what do, what does being a leader mean, right? So, um, you know, being sensitive to the fact that you are trying to grow your program, but then also trying to manage your team. So how do you, you know, I think a good director or someone in a leadership role has to balance being a manager versus also being out front uh, to uh, make things happen and, and trying to understand that balance. And, and part of that is just, again, like you said, having a good mentor, uh, but then also collaborating with folks, um, um, you know, maybe, meet, you know, meeting people at conferences and kind of finding out how they do it. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to, I would say, you know, if you're if you're really aspiring to be a leader in this space, you have to beat the bushes a bit. Uh, so if you're a little bit more introverted, for example, um, just finding ways to to make that connection. You know, even if it's a, a simple email or a short phone call. But doing that more often uh, every year to kind of connect and grow out your, your network of, uh, of folks who do uh, similar work to you. You made a couple of really interesting points there. One, one was that the kind of level of, um, or types of leadership skills. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't hear you once say, you need to understand how to you know, create a discussion board in the <laughs> LMS. Um, if, you, if you look at some of the research that's come out of uh, places like Educause, where they talk about mm -hmm. CIO mm -hmm. leadership skills, not once does it say how to configure a data network. You know, mm -hmm. it's all about relationship building and communication and, right. you know, team, all those kind of soft skills, leadership skills, because the, the technical stuff seems like it's, it's something that you can learn right. um, and or hire really good experts to support you right. um, if you're in a leadership position. And I, and I find that um, <laughs> the further I go in my career, the, the less competent I get in the LMS, <laughs> which is not great to admit publicly. Um, but, uh, but that is one reason why I try to occasionally teach, because mm -hmm. uh, it forces me to, to at least know, okay, this update right. changed this button in the LMS, and so right. I, can, I can at least have some, some credibility with the faculty I talk to. Another point you made I thought was really interesting is this uh, kind of opaqueness, this lack of transparency in how online and um, other kind of you know digital learning organizations are structured mm -hmm. because i think that's a it's a it's a really good point and, and you're not alone in making it if you look at some of the research that uh, like eric frederickson has done mm -hmm. um, he had a hard enough time just figuring out who was in charge because there's no uniformity in title right. um, and if there's no uniformity in title you know there's no uniformity in structure right and i wonder if if we're approaching a, a time where um, maybe there will be some more consistency. So if you looked at any, say, university, mm -hmm. and you looked at their academic affairs department, they would all kind of look the same, at least as right. far as the kinds of positions and jurisdictions that each of those you know, people in authority might have, whether it's, you know, you've got a provost, and under the provost, you've got maybe like a graduate dean, mm -hmm. an undergraduate dean, and you've got college deans, and maybe a vice provost of something or other. And you know, you kind of go, okay, Right. These all look the same, yeah. and if you and if you share that um, outside your institution, everybody kind of knows what you're talking about. I don't know if we're there yet in online learning. Do you, do you think we're coming to a point where mm -hmm. there will be more consistency, or is that is that diversity good? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I yeah, all of the above. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think the diversity makes sense because you know we 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 all understand that our institutions are are different. Um, our missions, our, our you know, our history is slightly different. Um, especially the history in terms of how online learning has evolved um, at our institutions. And so, but I but I do think that there is an opportunity. And 
you know, I, I was in a previous meeting uh, a couple of days ago where we were talking about um, could we actually develop a profile that schools could actually, you know, online, you know, indicate, hey, I'm from the University of West Florida. Uh, I rep, you know, I helped to oversee online learning. Here's some key things that you should uh, know about how we're structured, right? That we, that online learning is decentralized across of all of our colleges, and I work with deans to do such and such. Mm -hmm. And even having that bit of information, perhaps within uh, certain member organizations like OLC or WCT or Educause, where we already have a groundswell of schools. Right, that that are very interested in sharing ideas, and so why couldn't we create that profile opportunity, right, um, where we could easily search for schools like us and and really kind of understand um, how online learning is supported uh, organizationally and. Uh, the types of tools we're using, um, the types of projects we're piloting. Mm -hmm. um, why couldn't we do that? Uh, again, it's 2018, and so there's, I mean, we've, we find out a lot about ourselves. Uh, as you mentioned, I follow you, I follow many other people uh, to find out about, uh, you know, different opportunities or grants and things like that. So there is kind of this transparency from time to time through microblogging. But I think we need something a little bit more structured. It's more and personal networks. Yeah, 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 more personal networks. But if we could find a way where we can, um, I don't even want to call it benchmarking because that, that seems almost like kind of too rigid or too official. But wouldn't it be great just to learn where our field is going and to, to better understand the ecosystem? Um, and you don't have to share necessarily everything about what you're doing. Maybe there's some things you're going to keep very close to the to, to your vest. But um, but if we could find uh, an opportunity to kind of track, um, you, know, we're, you know, where is competency-based education right now? Who are the people who are piloting it or uh, scaling it? Mm -hmm. um, who are the people who are doing adaptive learning, right? We hear about your institution a lot. We hear about a couple others. But what about uh, more of those schools in the middle? that may be already piloting and we could learn a lot of cool things from them as well so that's yeah. that's why i hope that's where i hope we can go maybe we can find a venture capitalist to help us fund <laughs> some of that or maybe some of the, the the member organizations could do that maybe wct and the other groups that are uh, doing the uh, digital learning uh, network right. uh, every learner everywhere yes. hopefully that will come out of some of their work as well so yeah, well, that's a utopian vision, and <laughs> and with that, that's not a bad place to stop. <laughs> yeah. So, um, on behalf of Kelvin and myself, thank you, Kelvin, for oh, being on TopCast. Thank you, appreciate it. Well, that was your interview, Tom, with Dr. Kelvin Bentley. It was, <laughs> and we appreciate Kelvin's patience in uh, yeah <laughs> waiting this long. He for was the probably air. wondering if we lost the file. <laughs> Hello, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, but I, th I thought really uh, somewhat timeless content, really good uh, um, general uh, observations and advice. And uh, I mean, maybe it would be less so if we were like 10 years out from it or something, but yeah. I, I think we're in the same general era now. Well, uh, you know, one interesting thing that struck me, you know, listening to that again, is um, is the part about the online program management companies, the OPMs. Mm -hmm, yeah. And... Um, you know, kind of Kelvin's observation, and I think it's true, that OPMs are evolving mm -hmm. and that they're starting to unbundle their services. Yes. I thought that was good. And so instead of having just kind of everything included in a fee-for-service, mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, in a 
rev share. They're mm-hmm. now moving to kind of a fee for sure. So what do you need? Exactly. And you mm-hmm. can kind of disaggregate the, the services a little bit. And that might require a different kind of skill set mm-hmm. for the inside leader. Right. You know, you may That's not true. need to know everything about marketing, but mm-hmm. maybe you do, depending upon what you're buying and what you're what you're building. And I thought that was an interesting observation. It might change the the leadership profiles depending upon the context that you're in. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. And uh, I thought the general observation that the two of you made about kind of the weather vein um, of growth and positions and diversity of positions, seek, saying something about the where higher ed broadly is in the strategic viewing of online and digital learning or not, depending. Yeah. And you can kind of see that at different schools. And um, I think schools that have online or digital learning leaders um, kind of moving up in the title hierarchy um, seem to be making a statement that this is important to us strategically. Mm-hmm. Just like schools that have the CIO um, as a vice president or mm-hmm. on the cabinet or something as opposed to a, you know, a director or an mm-hmm. AVP or something that reports three levels down right. is making a statement about what IT means to the organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did think uh, Kelvin's you know, several sort of layered comments about the power of um, networking and sharing uh, very personally, very broadly, what you refer to as uh, his more utopian vision of, of, a, of a more formalized, um, at scale, en masse kind of a, a thing uh, might be a tall order. But just, just the power of, of us connecting to each other and being sort of better together, I thought was was a wise observation. Yeah, and I think it's a great idea. I've actually heard Kelvin talk about that before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more within the state context when he was yes. in the state university yeah. system, trying to do something across the state so we can all understand what each other is doing. And yeah. if I have a question about X, I can call you mm-hmm, and talk mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. it. Uh, I think it's a, it's a noble goal. It may, it may be realized through membership organizations, whether yeah. that's within a state system or through like an OLC or WCET or something like that, you know. You, uh, you've you participated for a while, right, in something that somewhat approximates this, you know, kind of a semi-structured informality, the loop-in, uh, loop network? Or yeah, whatever. the loop network. Yeah, I have done that. I've been somewhat remiss <laughs> of late, um, but I, I did participate in a lot of those, and I try to when I have time. Um, it you know it's something that that Ed Surge has done, mm-hmm. and it connects you know leaders to to just talk to people that they that they don't know yeah. and, and expand your network and you know you always feel weird it's a it's a thirty minute um, <laughs> video you know blind date uh-huh. and um, I've always thought oh gosh what am I going to talk about for thirty minutes and uh, I imagine other people feel the same way I don't know this person. Mm-hmm. And I've always found the time just flies by, hmm. and you have a fascinating conversation. I find it a, valuable. It definitely found it valuable. I've learned something. I hope they've learned something. And uh, I've talked to people like all over the world. And yeah. in England one time I spoke to. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, yeah, those are great. And um, if you're not a part of that, I would encourage you to to, to seek it out. Yeah, I'm sure there's. A, we'll look for web presence. Stick it in the show notes as well. And I was inspired by that. I, I don't know why I haven't um, participated, but I have a hard enough time just keeping up with people that I know already. And, <laughs> and so I started a, a few months ago, and I'm just I'm just barely getting started now. Um, keeping some spreadsheets internal to the institution and external of people that I don't want to let it be two, three, four years before I talk to them substantively and and try to, you know, at least 
be intentional about reaching out and connecting on some sort of a more frequent basis, yeah. even if it was 30 minutes. So, so that's those are applications. You know, you should go and do that, dear listener. <laughs> Listen to uh, Uncle Kelvin Bentley, you know, and uh, take his take his parental advice there. Well, um, I see the coffee's running low. Yeah. And um, um, I'd really like to thank uh, Kelvin uh, mm-hmm. for doing the interview and for his patience. Well, it took us this long <laughs> to actually get it into an episode, but I think it was worth the wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. So maybe I should try and uh, uh, put a bow on it, as please, we say. Please do. So if the number and types of new positions in, in online learning mean anything, mm-hmm. this space, digital learning space, is uh, going strong and, and becoming more strategic as mm-hmm. well as potentially growing. Mm-hmm. However, it's important that we strengthen our personal and professional relationships with colleagues because, as always, we are better and wiser together. Mm-hmm. As we've said, um, mm-hmm. If you want to go fast, go alone. Uh-huh. And if you want to go far, go together. Yeah. Thank well, you, well African said. proverb. That's right. On the Wall of the Gates Foundation. Right. Yeah. Um, can I do one little shameless plug before we sign off? Please. Uh, so here's just a reminder. We haven't, we don't hit this uh, too often for some reason. Just a reminder that for each episode of TopCast, there is a web page containing what we might call read more about it, web links related to the content of the episode, and a written transcript of the episode, and a Twitter summary of the salient points of the episode. We might think of that like cliff notes from the old days, right? So if you've been like audio-only kind of listeners up until now, check out the content on the website at topcast.online.ucf.edu. And hey, follow us on Twitter at TopCastNow. TopCastNow. I do. I follow it. Yeah, me too. You know, sometimes you get surprised. Whoa, look at that. Yeah. It's exciting. Well, I guess we will sign off and I'll say until next time for TopCast, I'm Kelvin. And I'm Tom. See ya. See ya.